In this episode of Josh Reed's Other People's Published Poetry, I'm going to read Back on Times Square, Dreaming of Times Square, by Allen Ginsberg, from his collected poems. Back on Times Square, Dreaming of Times Square. Let some sad trumpeters stand on the empty streets at dawn and blow a silver chorus to the buildings of Times Square, memorial of ten years at 5 a.m., with the thin white moon just visible above above the green and grooking McGraw Hills offices. A cop walks by, but he's invisible with his music. The Globe Hotel, Garver lay in grey bed there and hunched his back and cleaned his needles. Where I lay many nights on the nod from his leftover bloody cottons and dreamed of Blake's voice talking. I was lonely. Garver's dead in Mexico two years. Hotels vanished into a parking lot and I'm back here, sitting on the streets again. The movies took our language, the great red sign, a double bill of gases, teenage nightmare hooligans of the moon. But we were never nightmare hooligans, but seekers of blonde nose for truth. Some old men are still alive, but the old junkies are gone. We are a legend, invisible, but legendary, as prophesized. Thank you. And on to the commentary for Back on Times Square, Dreaming of Times Square. It's interesting that in 1958, this is two to three years after Howl's been published, um, you know, it survived the obscenity trial and Ginsberg's pretty much almost semi-free to, to write what he wants and, and Lawrence Ferlinghetti, who published Ginsberg, was more or less... Um, free to publish what Ginsberg wrote, irrespective, almost irrespective of what Ginsberg chose to, to publish. Um, back on Times Square, Dream of Times Square is quite tame by uh, Ginsberg's standard. And, and this poem is written in 1958, or at least it's published in 1958. Um, and it's interesting, because he's talking about, you know, the movies took our language, the great red signs, teen hooligan nightmare, hooligan, sorry, teenage nightmare, hooligans of the moon. But we were never nightmare hooligans, but seekers of the blonde nose for truth. And 1958 is a year after On the Road. It's been published. It's three years after How. It's six years after Junkie. And it's a year before Naked. Naked Lunch hasn't been published at this point. Um, that is going to create a massive uh, viewer or a bit of contention. Um, Naked Lunch being what it was and what it is. Um, but it's just interesting when you realise that, you know, the, the Beats had been publishing in, in one form or another since the late, you know, late to mid-40s. It wasn't, it was really only with the publication of Howe and the Obscenity Trial and then the publication of On the Road and to a lesser extent Junkie before that, that really threw him into the limelight. And Ginsberg was very, very clever sales, uh, marketing Person. He was the, I was trying. He was the, you know, the town crier for the beats, and so he piggybacked off the success of On the Road and uh, John Cullen Holmes coined the, the Beat Generation, and them them running with that. And it's just interesting when you read back on Times Square, dreaming of Times Square, knowing a little bit about the beats, um, and obviously a bit about the fact that they took drugs and. Ginsberg was a massive William Blake fan. You know, he took peyote or some hallucinogenic. And 
saw had this massive vision of Blake, and he routinely references you know Blake's voice talking. He says in this poem, it actually says, uh, "And dreamed of Blake's voice talking." I was lonely, um, and he mentions it again in you know Sunflower Sutra. He says, "Visions of Blake Hall." You know, my first sunflower visions of Blake Hall, which is a reference to where he had his Blakeian vision. But it's interesting that, you know, these guys wanted fame. Kerouac wanted to be a famous author. On the road gets published, and all of a sudden he really, really doesn't want to be famous. He wants to be left alone so he can write. But all these people think there's this young kid, you know, hitchhiking around America. When really he's just kind of, he's gotten a bit older. He doesn't really, he's not really who he was and on the road. And then you get that, and that's kind of that, that vague reference at the end of Back on Times Square, Dream of Times Square, where he says, where Ginsburg says, We are a legend. Invisible but legendary, as prophesized. I mean, they all wanted to be famous. They got famous. But it's not really quite what they had envisioned it was all going to be about. And weirdly, in a kind of vague way, this poem captures that sense a little bit. Um, But the things you can't really squash... Ginsburg's enthusiasm and his sort of just hope that things will get better. Uh, and that's why I read this poem. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I really appreciate your time as ever.